Hi, I'm Amanda. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of the Best Life Moms Club and hosts of That Pregnancy Podcast. We are two moms with a bunch of kids under the age of three. Five to be exact. And we know firsthand how hard it is to be a mom. So we're talking about all the topics that no one ever talked to us about. And not only is it hard being a mom, but it can be lonely and isolating, which is another reason why we're here to help moms like you know that you're not alone. Now, it's important to know that we are not doctors or medical professionals in any way. So always talk to your doctor or healthcare provider with any questions or concerns about your health or the health of your baby. We are moms sharing our lived experience and talking about all things pregnancy and life as a mom. So let's have a chat. Hello and welcome to That Pregnancy Podcast. This week we're finishing our conversation on the top six common worries every mom experiences. So this is part two. You'll want to make sure you listen to last week's episode first if you haven't already. But before we get started, I want to quickly mention that if you're looking for some great free resources, you can find them on our website, bestlifemomsclub.com. We have everything from hospital packing lists to conversations to have with your partner before the baby arrives, and so much more. With that, here's the episode. So next on the list, uh, number four is, is something wrong with my baby? Oh my goodness, this is like, again, so prevalent. I feel like all of these are so prevalent, really. Like they're just... You will worry about the silliest little things when it comes to your baby. and you know that's all all you can do is trust your intuition um you know the whole mommy gut is mommy mother's instinct totally totally true so if you have a question like never hesitate to take your baby to the doctor if you think that you need to go see a doctor over anything right uh, for example, when Caroline was little and she was on solids and stuff, her poo at first was really yellow, right? And uh, it was like yellow for a bit, like mustard yellow. And the boys didn't have poo like that. So I took her to the doctors, right? And the doctor said, he's like, I don't think anything's wrong with her because there was nothing else seemed off with her. He said, just give it a couple months and let's see if her poo changes to brown, right? Because he said it could have been something to do with like her liver, but it wasn't like anything to worry about type thing. And sure enough, it sorted itself out. But he, and he said, like, just monitor her as long as she's feeling good and happy. Like there's nothing else seems to be wrong. Nothing was wrong, but I took her to the doctor. I talked to him about it and, you know, it made me feel better. Right. So it was totally worth taking her to the doctor over that. And I will admit in Canada, we do have free medical care. So like it didn't, wasn't anything out of my pocket, but like I was, it was something that I, it was, I was really worried about it for whatever reason, I guess, cause the other two didn't have this, this weird poo issue there we are talking about poo again yeah but uh but yeah like I I was like oh my gosh like I just needed to make sure that nothing nothing was off with it yeah like the the you know is something wrong with my baby is something that 
is so prevalent in the smallest things. Like, is my, is my baby sick? And then how sick is my baby? Do I take my baby to the doctor? Do I need to go to the emergency room? Like there's those questions, but then there's also the questions of like, is my baby okay? If you know, have they reached this mile, if they haven't reached this milestone yet. And this leads into comparing to other babies, like huge. Yes. Right. And it's really hard to like, not, if you have a group of friends who have babies in and around the same age, or even babies that are older and a mom says, Oh, you know, like Todd, Todd was doing this at, at six months is, you know, so-and-so doing, doing it yet. And you're like, uh, no, um, there's, you know, there's all those concerns of like, Oh no, is there something wrong with my baby? If we're not rolling over yet, is there something wrong with my baby? If they're not holding a spoon and putting it in their mouth or they're not, you know, there's all these concerns. And I, you know, with me, with Frey and Finn being preemies, the developmental milestones were eased a little bit. The fear of like, are they reaching their milestones was eased a little bit because I knew that as a preemie, they were on corrected ages. So it was very easy to compare Frey and Finn to like Frey, especially because of our baby group. Like when we, when the babies like Freya and the boys were infants, we had that baby group. And so all the babies were in and around the same age, but Freya, even though she was the oldest, she still lagged a little bit in reading, reaching her milestones because of her corrected age. And so I was able to remind myself and say, you know, she's not supposed to be doing this yet, even though the other babies are, because she wasn't at that point yet. Um, But like, a lot of moms don't have that luxury of reminding themselves, oh yeah, there's a corrected age. My baby's not supposed to be doing this, even though by their birth age, they're supposed to. I will say that you have to remember that there is a range for most of those milestones too. So it could be like a couple months range. So it's really easy to compare yourself to other kids, especially when they're in and around the same age. But you also, you need to look up what the range is, right? So you want to make sure that they're somewhere in the range, but they may be at the end of the range and there's nothing wrong with that. No, you're absolutely right. That's a really, really good reminder and point that like there is a range and every baby grows differently, but it's so easy to compare your baby's milestones to somebody else's because there's a direct correlation, right? And it's, and then that causes fear and anxiety, but then, you know, is my baby the, just the general fear. And this one, oh, this one is killer for me. And I'm really struggling with it right now is um, not so much with me because um, she's only almost three months old, but like with Frey and Finn, it is a daily struggle of, is there something wrong with them or will there be something wrong with them? Because they are so accident prone. Like I am so scared And this is just something that I am struggling with because they get hurt every single day, every single day. And it's like, I've, you know, I've talked to their doctor about it and he reassures me and he's always like, take a deep breath. He tries to remind me, like, take a deep breath. Their heads are bigger than their bodies. It's the heaviest. They're going to top over. Your kids have really big heads to begin with. Like he, you know, but I'm so focused on the fear of, is there some going to be something wrong with them because they're constantly getting hurt 
Like they can't play without one of them crying and getting hurt. They, it's just constant. And I have that in, you know, and it kind of ties back for me. I struggle with this too, with like Finn with his trauma from his birth and like the fear of like, you know, there was the fear of brain damage from his birth. And, and I know I haven't actually talked about in detail of his birth. I've kind of alluded here and there in different episodes that, you know, about his, about the trauma and stuff, but it's still fear of mine of like, okay, what's going to happen? Or, you know, is this hit in the head going to, you know, this bump in the head going to uh, cause brain damage or activate brain damage. And, and so like, I have this added stress and anxiety that just kind of eats away at me every day about Finn of like, oh my gosh, is something going to, is something not going to be okay with him? Um, whether he gets really seriously hurt or, you know, in the future, it's just, I am really struggling with that right now. And it's a hard one. And so like the constant fear of like, when you, when you're a new mom and you have a new baby is like, is my baby okay? Is, are they healthy? Cause that's what we want. We want a healthy, happy baby. And, and so like that fear of like, is my baby healthy? And that is just totally exacerbated when they get their first illness. Like when they first get their first cold or they get their first, you know, fever. Oh man, that stress just like skyrockets through the roof. It is just, it's a hard thing, but like, I guess, yes, it's constant. And like, is my baby, is there something wrong with my baby? What you say is right, right? Like, you know, trust your mom gut, your mother's intuition, because if something is wrong with your baby, you're going to know. I don't know. You can't explain it, but you just, you just know. And then if you, when in doubt, talk to your child's doctor or healthcare provider, because then they can calm you down. And then it's coming from a professional, reliable source, right? If you're questioning your mom gut, it doesn't hurt to talk to someone who will ease your, your stress about it. Number five is time is passing fast. Oh, too quickly. Yeah. You're feeling that one right now with uh, Maeve being almost three months old. Oh my goodness. Like, so I am feeling that right now that time is flying by it is and like I think one thing to remember it's true and I think when you're in the thick of it as like a new mom you know your days are long and it's hard to realize that the years are short um because when you're in the thick of it like the days are never ending there's no no you know you're not getting enough sleep Uh, it's hard and but then the, every once in a while, when you're in that thickness, uh, you'll, something will happen. You'll be like, where has my newborn baby gone? Where has my three-month-old gone as they progress? And you're like, oh my gosh, time has flown by. And that's when you come to the realization that years are short. Because, and you're, you're going to look back and be like, wow, I felt, you know, those days were so long. But oh my goodness, those years have flown by. And I know you're feeling that now with Caroline. Caroline's not going to be a toddler for much longer. And yeah, then all my kids are actual children, right? They're actual kids, right? Like there's something about when they reach their year milestones, right? So like 
once a baby reaches a year, they're no longer that little baby, right? They start walking and talking a bit more and then they turn two and they start talking even more. And then once they, they turn three, like they're into full sentences, like you're having a conversation with them and they're actually little kids. And so, yeah, it's kind of hard because she's their last baby and she's not anywhere near a baby anymore. She's closer to being a full-blown child. And yeah, the days, sometimes they are long. And like when I had newborns, the first three months were really, really hard. And, you know, I've said in other episodes, like I've never been a fan of the newborn phase. And I actually did enjoy the boys being babies. And I really struggled with Caroline being a baby, probably because the boys were two and they were more fun. And I was trying to balance everything, right? I just kind of felt like she was there and she was just kind of going along with everything, right? So I really struggled with that. But yeah, it was all really short. And, you know, the boys and Freya, they're supposed to be in school right now although we're doing it remotely and hopefully in September they'll be able to actually go to school which is crazy in itself right because you know didn't we just have babies because that's how it kind of feels yeah now you know we have these kids that we get to play with and hang out with and watch movies with and it's lots of fun I did just have a baby but not Freya (laughs) (laughs) no 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 yeah but but even then like yeah it's just you know and talking about those long days like and this can be where the mom guilt comes in again is like you know and those really hard days where you're just like I just want either like my spouse to come home so that I can just hand them off and get a little bit of quiet time or I'm just you know you're just praying for bedtime to come so that they can be in bed and you can have that breath. And, you know, those are the long. Or you're praying for a nap. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Nap time. Like yeah. If it's a newborn, newborn, you're like praying that someone will watch your kids so you can have a nap. Yeah. And so like, those are the long days. And then all of a sudden those long days are gone. And, you know, the, the saying of like this too shall pass is is true and it it is a cliche and I know like when mothers hear it they kind of roll their eyes but it's true and you know the newborn phase the first year is a season and like because when we talk about it like I always say you know in this season of life because seasons are always changing um and it, it and because they're changing time flies and I feel like it just keeps getting faster and faster and faster um but it's okay. It does because the kids keep growing, right? Like time does feel like it's getting faster because the kids have grown at such a rapid rate. Yeah. Like when we were married and it was just us as adults, it was like, whatever. Right. But it's something about watching a child grow that you're like, oh my goodness, like four years just like flew by. And I think in COVID right now, it kind of adds another another layer to like the guilt, the anxiety, the worry of time flying by so quickly is like, I, and I struggle with this. I've talked about it. I know other moms, like the moms, a number of our moms in our mentorship have talked about it is like, 
the struggle of time passing so quickly and the babies growing and not being able to have our babies meet people, you know, meet our family and friends. So I think this kind of fear and worry is really exacerbated in COVID right now because it really does show like, I just had a baby. Yes, I have, you know, Maeve is almost three months old, but time, she has changed so much. And it's going to make me cry. She's, she's changed. <laughs> I'm literally going to cry right now. <laughs> okay. Let me catch my breath. She's changed so much in these three months and like no one has met her yet. And it just makes me so sad that like no one in our family will have been able, like didn't get to experience her as a newborn and time has flown by. I feel like it was just yesterday that we were in the hospital or like that I was, you know, rolling around on my exercise ball, watching The Office and Bridgerton, you know, killing my labor with my hypnobirthing. And like having that crazy ambulance ride and like doing so well and then not. Um, but like, I feel like that was just yesterday. And I am struggling with that she's three months old and it's already time has flown by. And I think, like I said, COVID has really exacerbated this stress and worry and fear of like, when will my family or my friends be able to meet my baby? Because it becomes a realization of like how fast time passes and how quickly they change. Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to get all emotional and cry. Um, There's a whole other thing because COVID has lasted more than a year now. And there's been so many people who've gotten pregnant during COVID and then they've had a baby. And so friends and family may not have seen you pregnant. And then you have your baby and friends and family haven't met your baby right away like they normally would. And so then like there's kind of the whole kind of disconnect that is like, oh, you had a baby for other people too, right? Like because people didn't get to experience all that with you, right? Yeah. No. And the thing is like when it comes to COVID, you, everyone wants it to be over and you want that time to kind of like go by, but at the same time, because you have small children and I'm the same way. Like, I don't want it to go by because I want my kids to stay little and I'm trying to enjoy them. And right now, for me, because the boys are supposed to be in school and they're home, I'm really trying to enjoy this extra year that I get to spend with them, even though we're kind of cooped up and we've gone a little bit stir crazy at times. Yeah. But it's okay to know that the days, the days are long and the years are short. And that is entirely true. Right. And it just, you know, it means that if, if you are having a day where you just want, you know, bedtime to come around, it just means that you're human and sometimes everyone needs a break. Yeah, no, you're absolutely true. And are you okay? I, I am. I'm okay. I'm trying, like I've, I've composed myself. I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. Like, it's just like, you know, just those postpartum moments where you know something triggers you and the stress of it has weighed heavy uh, like I'll be honest like this is something that has upset me since even before me I had me this has been something that has upset me that and I was worried I I I remember talking with Peter and breaking down and telling him how 
how scared I was and like how worried I was about how long or how old Maeve will be before she can meet our family. Obviously I was saying like the baby because we didn't know if we were having a boy or a girl, but like I was so worried about, you know, how long will it take before we can get together with our family and friends again? And now that has turned into like, that fear has continued and that worry has continued, but now it also has the guilt. I have this guilt of like, this is what Maeve was born into. And I quite, you know, there's, and I imagine I'm not alone in this, like moms who are like questioning, you know, was this the right time to have a baby? I, and I would never, ever think of like not having Maeve. That's not the question that I'm throwing out, but like, you know, the question of like, do I have a baby in a pandemic? And if people are trying to conceive and they're like, do we get pregnant? You know, we've been trying and struggling and then we get pregnant. It's like, oh, I got pregnant in a pandemic. Like, was this the right choice? There's all those questions. I know I'm going off topic and I'm divert. I'm kind of going on a rant, but it's just like this fear that continues about time that is maybe heightened a little bit more because of COVID right now. But um yeah, it's just, I'm okay. Going back to answer, yes, I'm okay. It's just, you know, I was triggered. <laughs> and and uh, I've, re- I've composed myself and we can move on now. <laughs> Sorry. Well, like, and the thing, the thing with COVID is no one knew at the beginning of this how long it was going to last for, right? So like, you know, you think it takes nine months to get pregnant and have a baby. Like, shouldn't this lucky. be over by now? Yeah, if you're lucky. With, yeah, like from the time you get pregnant, pregnant right? right so yeah so if you're trying during COVID like no one I don't think anyone thought at least I didn't think maybe I was being naive I didn't think it was going to go on this long no. I guess maybe other people did but anyways so number yeah. six <laughs> well it is actually kind of tied the segue ties in really well because like you know the question of like trying to conceive and everything but that throws that connects into like the next fear that I think is very common for, for moms and maybe even couples as well. But like the question of, do we have another baby? And I think the fear and the anxiety with this comes into play of like, I have this baby that I love more than anything. If we have another baby, will I be able to share like will I have the same amount of love will I be splitting my love and then feeling guilty about that and that concern and and this is a hard one because there's it this one is really hard to kind of I like I'm just trying to think of like this is it's you know there's questions that go along with it of and fear so like you know will I be able to love another baby as much as I love my first baby And then there's the fear of, or like the questions or the worry of like, did I have, if you do get pregnant and you're having another baby, was the gap, age gap too big in between them or not big enough, like too short? Um, You know, what age gap is the best? You know, like those are concerns too that people have of like, when should I have start trying for another one? Um, Will I be able to the fear of like, will I be able to balance having another baby and like, you know, having a newborn and another baby? 
you know, dividing attention. And it's just when, or even the fear of like, will I know when I'm ready to have another baby? Those are all things of like, that I think cause fear and anxiety and stress in moms of when you start questioning or even thinking about having another baby or trying for another baby. It's funny because, because I had the twins, I didn't really, this fear kind of doesn't pertain to me as much because my, my love was already kind of equal between the two, right? Cause I had two babies and uh, we were only planning on having the one pregnancy. We were thinking we were only going to have one child. <laughs> God was like, nah, you're going to have more than one. And then I, when I had the boys, I was like, oh my gosh, Keith, I have to have more babies. And he's like, oh my gosh, that's the hormones talking. <laughs> and then I said to him, no, I said, I just felt like we were missing someone. So, but I do know that a lot of women definitely do struggle with this. Um, and I know I've talked with some other mom friends, like, how do you know, you know, how spread apart your kids can be? Like if you, if you can kind of plan it that way, um, that's one that people really struggle with because it does kind of affect the family dynamic, right? Like, yeah, it's hard on you to have kids who are like a couple years apart because, you know, you might have a newborn and a two-year-old. Um, so like waiting the extra year, so they're three years apart, the kid's a little more independent, but then at the same time, when the kid's older, you've got like a 10-year-old and a 13-year-old. How does that work? Like for your family dynamic, right? And maybe you would prefer that family dynamic. There's nothing wrong either way, right? You just have to actually like kind of sit down and think about it and determine what works best for you and your family. Yeah. And I think that's it is like, you know, the, when talking about the fear or the stress of like, when do we have another baby? that is, or like, how long do we wait in between children? Like that is totally an individualized decision that is totally personal to you and your family situation. Um, and, you know, there are pros and cons to add to any option. And you talk to moms who have, you know, multiple children and some of them will, you know, will, you know, they will either love or they'll have opinions and share why they liked this and why they didn't like this. You know, everybody has their own opinion and you kind of just take those opinions or those experiences as a grain of salt. And ultimately you have to reflect on what is right for you and your family. And as for like, you know, the fear of like, can I love another, another baby as much as I love, you know, will I have enough love to give? I think is kind of that fear or that question. Um, and it's just like, it, it's so, so strange that somehow, yes, you do like your, your heart just kind of, your heart grows and, and it doesn't make any sense. And, you know, you think like, I love this person so much. How is it, you know, how is it even possible to love another baby or another, you know, and it's just like, it is, it just happens. And if, I think if you talk to any mom who has multiple children, whether it be twins or, you know, triplets or just, you know, three or four kids, two kids at different times, like two singles, three singles, whatever. I think if you ask them that question, they will be able to, they'll say yes, but won't be able to explain it. It's just, 
the answer is yes. Like you, you some way, somehow it happens. And it's just, it's one of those great gifts of motherhood is like, you know, it growing your heart in a way that you never thought you would be able to grow your heart. But then it is also a fear of motherhood of like, if I, if you want to have another child, but the question is like, can I do it? Um, yeah. Like, you know, it, ultimately the question, you know, we reflect on it and things are hard. Motherhood is hard. Um, and that's kind of one of the reasons why we have, you know, best life moms club and, and the podcast is like to be honest about our experiences with motherhood and the challenges that we face and that other moms face. And, and it is hard, but there's just like so much joy in that, that difficulty. And, and it's just, I don't know, it's just, it's a hard concept for me to like articulate because it is true. Like you will. And I don't know. It's just, it's this weird thing of motherhood. No, it's, it's just kind of like your love kind of grows exponentially, like with every child that you have. And like, I guess for me, I love them all equally, but I love different things about them. And my mom used to say this to my sister and I, that she loved us equal, but there are like, there's things that she loves about each of us. Right. And I never kind of understood that. Like when she'd say, I'm like, oh yeah, right. Like, of course I know I'm really your favorite. Just joking. <laughs> um, and uh, I can honestly say, I totally understand what she says that like, I love all three of the kids equally. And there's things that I love about each individual one of them. Yeah. Like and equal and different. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind yeah. of a, it's kind of a crazy thing and you won't completely understand it until you have multiple children. Yeah. But if multiple children is something that you you want, know that you will have enough love and you just need to decide what is right for your family as to when you have your second or third or fourth child. And also know that you will question it and be like, and have stress and anxiety around making that decision. And I think like looking back at like all six of these kind of questions or you know, stresses, anxiety triggers in motherhood. I think like the things to kind of like focus on are that, and it really does carry over in every single one of them is like to remember that your motherhood journey is your journey. And so you need to stay focused on your journey and focus on your life. Because when you start thinking about, you know, guilt and comparison and, you know, thinking that you're not measuring up. It's those guilt comparisons that are like the perfect ground and spaces for causing fear, stress, and anxiety in motherhood. So by, you know, trying to remind yourself that I am worthy, I am enough, I am doing a great job, then that will kind of hopefully help ease some of the stresses and anxieties that you have. And if you need to hear it, you are doing a great job, right? Like it's, it, it is, you are doing a great job. The goal is a happy, healthy mom and baby and, and you're doing a great job. Thank you for listening to this episode of That Pregnancy Podcast. 
If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for an upcoming show, we would love to hear from you. You can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. We are at Best Life Moms Club. Until next time.